0: Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Jeremy Thomas. Today we have a small taste, an appetizer, a short snippet of one of Jeremy's recent teachings covering the key point or key doctrine from that sermon. It's a short, easy-to-digest, and encouraging sample from a bigger lesson. We hope you enjoy it. So let's go to the four aspects of the gospel. Okay. in other words, all I'm trying to do is explain here what a person has to understand on a most basic rudimentary level, okay, in order to be saved, okay? I usually just refer to it as uh, his person and his work. There are two aspects of his person, that is, who he is. We have to know who he is, and then two aspects of his work, which is what he did, Okay? So the gospel is made up of basically four parts then, two of which relate to his person and two of which relate to his work. So who he is and what he did. Now, this, this, we say that he's God and man, right? Everybody agree with that? I mean, we don't have to understand. Okay, this is the thing. A person, an unbeliever, does not have to understand this in great theological detail. They do not, in other words, have to be able to explain to us the hypostatic union, okay? Okay. Or understand all the details about who God is and who man is. Okay? That's stuff for us. Okay, we figure all that out. But they do have to have this idea that, well, he is divine, he's God. Okay. Um, and they do have to understand, of course, also that he was man. Okay. But they don't have they only have to have a rudimentary understanding of that. Okay? No complex theological things have to go on in their brain. Um, the second thing relate to their his work. And that is, he died. I mean, they have to understand that he died, right? Died for their sins. I mean, if he didn't die, what? how was the sin paid for? And, of course, that he rose, that he lives again. They don't have to understand all the details of the resurrection body, you know, what it can do. Da, da, da. They don't have to understand all that. That's not the point. It's just a basic rudimentary understanding that, you know, he rose again and he lives. He lives today. He's not dead. He lives. Okay, so that said, um, when you're giving the gospel to someone, these need to be the basic, you know, aspects the person realizes. And I'll show you after I go through some of these. These are all logically interrelated. Like I, I do not see and I've looked and thought about this. I don't see how you can get rid of any one of these aspects even on a logical level. So scripture first it's primary and then we come along and we use human reason and logic to organize scriptures and to think about them. Uh, but human logic and reason don't, doesn't overcome scripture. Scripture's the authority. Even if our human reason can't figure it out Scripture stands, right? Regardless, okay? Um, but m- many times, most of the time, you can, you can start to work in your human logic and understand how it makes sense. So we'll do that. But first of all, let's just talk about this. This, this guy right here. Jesus is God. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. You know, this is something to amen about. Like, um, this is something that many cults and groups do not believe. Obviously, Muslims don't believe it. Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe it. Mormons don't believe it. Okay? They don't believe this. Okay? In any sense. They think he's a creation or a prophet or something like that. Um, Let's look at just a few verses. Colossians, I always say, is the key key book on Christ. Okay? Colossians. In fact, if I teach Colossians, I always say, Okay, your one key word is Christ. So, for everything about Christ, you just go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. One of the clearest statements, perhaps the clearest, on the deity of Christ in the Bible. Colossians 2, verse 9. Now, you'll notice at the end of verse 8. Who's he talking about? Who's at the end of verse 8? Last word. Christ. Okay. Okay. So that's the nearest answer. Now, for in Him, that is who? Christ. All the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Does that sound to you like Christ is less than God? You know, a God, but not the God, let's say. Or does it sound like He is God? Amen. Fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Okay? Because that's the other part of this, right? He's also man, right? He had a true human body, human spirit. He was a human soul. Okay? But he is also God. Okay? So that is a very, very, very clear verse. Okay? I've given you lots of others on your handout if you have those. But let me take you to one that is one of my favorite that I've gone to for years. It's Titus 2. Titus 2.13. All the little t-books go together. So, you know, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, all five of them are stuck together. So, if you find a t-book, you're you're close. It's the last of the five little t-books. Titus 2.13. I'm going to take you to this one because there was a rule discovered by a guy, a Greek grammarian named Granville Sharp. And he discovered this rule in 1798. Okay, which was, what, 225 years ago or so. Um, this rule said this, and I, and I know you're not Greek grammarians. some of you are, but not all of you, but it said if you have a definite article, okay, that's like the word the, okay, right? Um, the in the Greek, and then you have a singular Common noun. And then you have the Greek word chi, which is and okay, and and then you have another singular common noun. If you have this construction, then both of the singular common nouns refer to the same person. Okay? Okay. Now, he went through the New Testament, this guy, and he found that every time you have this construction, this is always true. Okay? That the, plus a singular common noun, plus chi or and, plus another singular common noun, then the two singular common nouns always refer to the same person. So look at Titus 2.13. It has this construction. You're not looking at the Greek, but it's, it's there. And it says, Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great Now, here's the first one, God. That's your singular, first singular common noun. There's and right after it, right? That's chi. Savior is the second singular common noun. Okay, and in that case, and the definite article is there in the Greek, the, it's there, it says the great God and Savior, then they both refer to the same person. What person? Christ Jesus okay for over 200 years now Greek grammarians have been trying to uh, refute this argument and no one has ever been able to do it that every single usage of this construction in the Greek Bible is 100% consistent it has never been overcome so who is Jesus he is God Okay? He's also Savior. Okay? This is just one of many passages on the deity of Christ, and this one is ultra-powerful. Um, Hebrews 1.8 is another one, and of course the one most people go to, but I would tell you to not go to, is John 1.1. John 1.1 does teach it, but I would say just stay away from it because all the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons are trained heavily on that verse. Probably more trained than you. So unless you want to do a lot of training on John 1, 1, and I can help you with that and give you the arguments then, uh, and, and the best understanding, then I, I would just steer clear of it. Use something like Colossians 2, 9 or this one, Titus 2:13. Okay? Thank you for joining us today on Beyond the Walls with Jeremy Thomas. If you found the lesson insightful, please consider subscribing below so that you don't miss any additional teachings from Jeremy. And if you're looking for additional resources or additional formats, links are in the description below. But above all, we want you to be encouraged and exhorted by the very Word of God. We hope that Jeremy is opening it up to you in a way that makes it even more understandable than what you've known in the past. So until next time, take care.